I'm Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with The Jewish Journal. Just a couple of weeks ago, we commemorated the International Holocaust Remembrance Day, and the entire Western world mourned for the six million souls that perished. But what is often missed is the fact that the Nazis didn't only murder the people, they murdered whole parts of the Jewish culture that thrived in Europe for many centuries. They destroyed hundreds of newspapers and obliterated whole libraries. They murdered a language, Yiddish. And indeed, before World War II, Jewish culture in Europe was extremely vibrant, with an endless stream of theater, books, and newspapers. Literally hundreds of newspapers were published throughout Europe and America, in Yiddish, in Hebrew, and in the local languages. The people of the book were obviously obsessed with ink and paper, and it showed. Most of these publishings didn't make it through the war, but some survived. One of those was Oikelet, a Hungarian-Romanian newspaper founded 100 years ago. The history of this paper is a long one, but the interesting part is how the paper nearly went bankrupt a few years back, right when Christoph Steiner entered the story. Christoph is a Hungarian part-Jewish model and TV celebrity. He's been living in Israel for the past 10 years, and when he heard about the state of Oikelt, he decided he simply couldn't let the paper die. What happened next is absolutely incredible. We're proud to have Christoph Steiner here on the podcast to tell the story. Thank you for joining us. Wow, my God, what an intro. Thank you so much for having me. Every time it, like, yeah. it, it fascinates them more. Yeah, yeah if I write it. Yeah, yeah because I think like, you know, people always spend their days with just working, working, working all the time, and we don't really stop and think to ourselves, what really are what is this really what we're doing what what are we achieving and like and suddenly somebody comes and tells you from like a to z yeah, yeah. so yeah sums it up in a good. nutshell <laughs> you can yeah. take it to your resume just copy paste and uh, <laughs> thank you send it over please <laughs> no copyright uh, problems so christoph where 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 can we start from what are you doing here in israel <laughs> how did you end up here and how famous are you Uh, in Hungary Wow um, the two questions are strongly connected to each other I would say because um, uh, in Hungary I got to a point where I felt like I'm a bit becoming too much of a famous guy to uh, handle the day-to-day life and uh, that was part of the reason why I decided to move to Israel and um, I grew up in quite a unconventional family I would say Uh, my parents uh, were Buddhists, or although um, my uh, father's uh, mom was Jewish from Poland, from a tiny village, and um, my grandmother, my uh, my Jewish grandmother, ended up in Budapest um, through a long, long journey. She was a servant in a German family's home for many years, and then she escaped from there as well. And um, we never really got into the the subject of. Uh, what does it really mean that grandma was Jewish? And um, also my father was kind of a rebel, so uh, uh, he was much more interested in looking, uh, finding his own ways. And, uh, But did you know from, from zero, the age zero that grandma was Jewish? 
was not, it a secret? Not not of the age zero. It wasn't really a secret. Like in not not in my um, generation. Uh, for my grandma, probably it was after uh, she arrived to Hungary because she never spoke about it. Not with not with uh, her children. Not with my dad. Not with my aunt. But um, do you my, know why? Most probably because uh, she felt that it it's dangerous. Uh, mm. She never um, traumatized, maybe. A little yes, bit. Yeah. like. Uh, we don't know her whole complex story, but we do know that uh, she was taken. Uh, and uh, as far as we know, she uh, escaped from uh, getting on the train when uh, everybody was taken. And uh, then she ran away and she became a servant at this German family's home. She was there for many years. But uh, but my, my parents, my, my father was too young to ask all these questions when she was still alive. And mm-hmm. we would have to go after it. I mean, Sure, it's a, it's an incredible story, and I'm sure that uh, I'll, I'll get to a place in my life one day when I really want to get deep into it. So, how did you become famous in? But uh, in in Hungary, Hungary, I became famous uh, in a, a, actually it was just entertainment. It's so complicated nowadays to describe yourself. Like, what are you? You're an actor because you acted in a few movies. You're a writer because you wrote a few things. So. I generally like to say that I'm kind of a storyteller. I like to st- um, t- tell stories in several different uh, uh, mediums. It, it, it for, for me, it started with theater. I was an actor as a child uh, and I was dubbing, Hungarian dubbing. Can you imagine that? <laughs> like Disney movies? <laughs> uh, not exactly Disney, but yeah, it was uh, mostly... Uh, Japanese uh, anime. Okay, Pokemon? <laughs> Close, yeah. Okay. There was one which was called uh, Full Metal Panic, and uh, there, was, <laughs> there was one which is called Inuyasha. It's very famous. I'm sure even in Israel there are many Inuyasha fans. fans. It's kind of like a cult. Yeah. So uh, after, uh, after all the acting, I got into TV. I went to the audition of a TV um, show. They were looking for a presenter, and I got in when I was just 20. And my whole life changed. People started to recognize me on the street. I had a live TV show for uh, many years. And while I was already doing the show, I started to write for different newspapers and magazines, mostly in the beginning uh, interviews. And then like the whole thing, just one thing got to the other. Uh, The writing became a bit more important for me. The TV started to be a little bit too much like it's really, uh, I don't know exactly how is it here in Israel, uh, but um, I'm guessing that it's the same, that once you're a part of a gigantic production, uh, you can't really express yourself the way you want. Mm-hmm. As much as you are trying to represent yourself on each and every platform, uh, still the shows are going to be edited in a way that it's good for the production. So um, you're, a, you're a puppet. Yeah, In pretty much so. And I, I understood uh, that w- the w- what can happen to you if you're a TV guy. Like, the best thing that can happen to you is that you're going to have some kind of a morning TV show. So you have to get up at 3 in the morning every day and, like, have two-minute-long conversations with the... Uh, people what happened the day before in Big Brother and uh, all these things or you're becoming like an X Factor or like something like this like sounds like host. a nightmare and, and yeah it's like <laughs> I'm sure it's fun like to do a season of X Factor yeah you can check it in your CV but like and then the next show comes and the next show and I knew that this is so not for me so uh, I, w- I was always dreaming about being by the sea I feel like it's hard free. to 
probably get out of that loop because you yeah. you get probably sucked in like i mean any any loop any job you kind of get sucked in but especially that because it's like the good life so you get sucked in you're on tv you mingling with other celebrity it's like hard to break out of that yeah it's not easy um it's mostly not easy because it's uh it's really going against your your comfort zone like as a up until now when i go back to hungary i everything is cushioned around me i have my taxis to take me i go from one show to another one interview to another one job to uh, to, uh, to another and uh, i could live my life like that that uh, I just feel extremely important every single day, every single hour, but I really don't want to. I really had enough of it, and uh, already 10 years ago I understood that I had enough of it, and I really love it when I go back to it. It's not like I'm uh, like uh, spitting on the face of the mirror image who I was the 15 or 20 years ago. I do have the same uh, desire in me to be recognized, that my job will be appreciated, but I don't uh, want the constant attention to uh, ruin my creative process so you run away here yeah kind of was it like one day you packed everything (laughs) booked the first flight and just found yourself in 40 degrees heat in august in tel aviv he asked himself what country do people run away to (laughs) from what people what country people run away from i'll go there (laughs) it's kind of true what you're saying actually like i always had a very high uh uh, social sensitivity and uh, whoever was bullied I always felt like I, I'm gonna go to that side and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I felt like maybe it was also from a matter of like provocation that I, I, I really I don't I want people who bully others to like uh, try to have a different understanding and for me to be able to present a different understanding, I have to be close to that person who, or that nation or that uh, ideology which is being bullied and I need to get to know it better. So uh, that was really interesting for me. Like, what's happening with this Israel thing? Like, you know, like, why is it that if I ask in Budapest, if at a party I ask somebody like, uh, um, what's your name? And she, um, she said um, some Jewish name. And I said, ah, like, oh, so you're Jewish? And she looked at me like, oh my God, like I asked the most insensitive question. And I felt like... Really? Yeah. Because she's like, he's probably a neo-Nazi and he's going to throw me to the, to the, pe- to the, to the river. It's, I'm sure that it's not that extreme by now, but like back then, this was in the MySpace era. I don't know how old are you guys. I'm 37. So. Yeah, I remember that. that era. <laughs> I had a MySpace for like five minutes. Yeah, well, I was, I was really starting. Like, I just thought about this today that like, you know, being an influencer started off on MySpace right. for the people, I think. And yeah. So, uh, so anyway um so back then it really it, it was felt it was it was like really like you think i she was a like she was scared because she was actually jewish or she was offended that you were calling her jewish or you don't know i think a combination of the all these things i think like in in hungary now it's quite different because the hungarian jewish jewish community is really doing a, a lot of work to uh to make a change and uh, there are Jewish cultural events and uh, I really think that uh, it's becoming better. People don't know it's the third biggest Jewish community in Europe. Yes, and the most beautiful huge uh, synagogue in the middle of the city center. It's right. the Do- Dohanye Street Synagogue. It's amazing. 
So yeah, there are wonderful things. I'm I'm going quite often to collaborate with the Jewish summer festivals where I'm cooking and um, it's amazing. But uh, back to back to traveling here. Um, so I was really interested also because of the um, the whole concept of the Middle East. Like I, uh, everybody back then already started to speak about, uh, you know, that. Uh, all the future tellings of Nostradamus are becoming true and uh, all the world is going to uh, become like uh, um, Muslimized. And like I, I was like, as a child, I remember even when I was 10 years old, I was uh, reading these um, Nostradamus books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, my father was meanwhile telling me stories as a, a as a bedtime story from uh, uh, Joseph uh, Flavius's book, uh, uh, the Jewish war and I was listening to stories about uh, the Masada and like I just knew that I have to come here I didn't want to live in a world where the news is about I don't know which kind of uh, puppy won the uh, dog exhibition this month I wanted to be there where the things are really actually happening wow and what so, did your parents say about that um my dad is a very adventurous guy. He uh, back then when the communism was uh, full blown in Hungary, he got a fake passport and he tra- he went to uh, uh, Amsterdam. He lived there for a little while. He he really didn't um, stop me from anything ever. He if anything, I think he's uh, he's proud of it that although by now uh, the age of sixty five, he's a bit more relaxed. Uh, but he's very happy that somebody is continuing all this going and uh, adrenaline and going junkie crazy. Uh, tradition. <laughs> and uh, and my mom, unfortunately, she died oh. uh, a while ago, um, about a decade and a half ago. And um, I also think that she she would be very happy for me. My my father used to tell me that uh, just before they met, my mom had a dream that uh, she's gonna leave Hungary and. Uh, travel to Italy and just like be a gypsy and just go and see what happens in Italy. <laughs> so, But a I decade and a half ago, that's kind of right around when you moved here. Do you yeah. think it played a role also, the fact that the passing of your mother? Yes, definitely. Of course. I, I always say that uh, sad and horrible and uh, tragic it is to lose a parent. Uh, in the same time, all of us uh, suddenly arrived to a, a wider... Uh, gate we just have more possibilities because i i'm not sure that uh, i would leave my mom uh, behind if it was yeah. you have to less me. to we lose were, yeah we were too close for that and with my dad we are very very close but uh, it's a different kind of relationship we are very good friends he's coming very often uh, and and it's uh, it's just like when my mom died i had this thought okay like what's holding me really back it's my job which i think I can, I'm not even saying I quit the TV because I didn't quit it. I just wasn't actively presenting shows like all the time. I'm taking projects which are interesting for me. And and after my mom died, I felt like, okay, I'm ready to take this step. And, uh, and then the classic story of uh, meeting an Israeli guy came into the picture and uh, he was a medical student in Hungary. Uh, we fell in love. We were together already while I still lived in Hungary. And uh, and eventually he finished the medical school and he was quite open-minded about if he should 
stay in Hungary, we should move somewhere else. But by then we were in Tel Aviv quite a few times for a holiday and uh, and I got a taste of it and I didn't want to let it go. And I said, <laughs> no, we're moving to Tel Aviv. But, you know, usually in the classic story, the other end of the picture is a girl. Yeah. Did you know, <laughs> did you know, like back then was Tel Aviv still kind of the the gay friendly city that it is today? Yes, it was very gay friendly. It was... Um, already very well known from uh, being extremely uh, open-minded but, but grinder wasn't invented 10 yes, years ago yes it's true it came a few years later but was <laughs> was 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 it like did you, were you aware of the wider perspective in it like the like the like in your mind was tel aviv israel or did you understand that you're coming to like mm. a culture that's not as you know it's not all tel aviv yes i i i was very curious about uh, the whole, like, every, everybody used to tell me that Tel Aviv is, uh, is this bubble. You know, I, obviously I saw the famous movie. I uh, um, saw all the, um, even back then, the Tel Aviv Pride was really huge. And I saw all these video clips of it. And I felt like I really want to be a part of something that is uh, in, uh, not like in Budapest, the gay pride is up until now. Every single year, there needs to be a decision if it's going to be fenced. It's like uh, the, uh, the wow. people can't uh, cross the fences. in Jerusalem, it's the same. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so when I arrived here, I, um, I re- realized that this is like a place which is also as a gay person gives me a lot of freedom. But also, I think what really is uh, making Tel Aviv into turning it into this bubble is that it's not just about being gay, really. It's like you can just really be whoever you want to be. Uh, I know it sounds like a cliche, but really like the the most really just Jewish uh, people or like Muslims wearing a burqa or uh, uh, gay guys wearing tank tops or bikini wearing girls, like really nothing is, is strange or out of place in this city. And that is what why I really felt like I'm, yeah. I want to come here and I want to be a part of this. And back to the what I said earlier about the uh, Nostradamus uh, future tellings, like it was also very interesting for me to um, to become a part of the Middle East. And I, of as as much as I appreciate the fact that I live in Israel and Israel is my my nest and my base here in the Middle East, I try to travel as much as I can. And um, and I uh, cross to uh, Jordan and uh, I cross to Palestine and uh, I travel to places where mo- most people don't travel. In the to. spirit of your father. Yeah, exactly. I would say exactly. I I, um, I recently um, went for a trip uh, from Bethlehem to uh, Ramallah and to Nablus. Oh my God! And uh, and really, it's it's. I I have to say that. Uh, I didn't meet one person who got even upset with me that I live in Tel Aviv. If somebody asked me where I, where am I from, I said I live in Tel Aviv. They said, "Wow!" And if something they said like, "I wish we could uh, go," I wish you guys, uh, the Israelis, could come. So really, it's uh, it gave me the moving to Israel really gave me a complete understanding of uh, the bubble is not really exactly Tel Aviv. It's this whole region which is like on fire in every possible way. It's uh, it's bursting with creativity and with uh, like incredible inventive minds and with like this spiritual 
like explosion from all the different religions and even within religions all the different uh, explanation of the religion and meanwhile people are just uh, living for the day mm-hmm. that's the best of it i think Wow. So, uh, well, we can't talk about all the adventures you had uh, in these 10 years, but I want to focus on two subjects. First of all, eventually you broke up with that love. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And then what happens? Um, yeah, the, uh, the relationship ended and um, I had to make a decision to myself if I'm going to um, go back to Hungary which wasn't really an option or um, just pick another country and uh, go for a new adventure or I could do a, in um, I, I studied the uh, Kabbalah um, for many years when I moved here I was very very curious about the spiritual understanding of the Judaism and in Kabbalah they say that we all have a tikkun a correction which we have to make and uh, I felt like uh, Maybe it's a very important uh, part of my tikkun uh, that I won't make Israel all about a failed relationship. I wanted to uh, stay connected to this place the way I was excited when I arrived here. And um, I decided that no matter what, I'm going to make it here. So um, I uh, I had no money at all. I uh, rented a, a sailing boat, a, a 10 meter long sailing boat in Jaffa port. That was my home until I uh, gathered enough to uh, establish a life. Do you pay city taxes? <laughs> Sorry? Do you pay city tax when you're on, on, the, on the boat? Well, I, I, I actually don't know. Probably the company who I rented it from, probably they do. Okay. I always got an invoice. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but it's it's incredible, really. It, there, there are just people who have their boats there, and they, especially in the winter time, they won't take it out. So the boats are just standing, and uh, and uh, it was exactly the time when Uikelet, the newspaper, came into the picture. Uh-huh. So uh, I already started to be interested about this project um, while um, my relationship with my ex was still on, uh, but uh, after. We separated I really felt like it's a strong kick for me that um, okay I'm gonna establish here something that is going to give me like a permanent connection to this place that nobody can take away from me how how did how did a gay part Jewish Hungarian <laughs> TV celebrity get interested in a Yiddish 100 year old paper i don't hungarian i don't understand uh in a hungarian but it's in yiddish yeah right? it was partially in oh, yiddish okay. at some time like oh. really it changed so much throughout the, it's a hundred years really so it's uh, sometimes when we look at the old copies of the newspaper we can't really figure out what language is this because they are mixing up the hebrew and the yiddish and the hungarian like in recipes for example they write like uh, uh, take the hatil and like <laughs> so um they weren't the, worried how, that they knew that their readers were understanding them yeah like you know the newspaper the, that's the most incredible thing about it that it has all the evolution of uh of the hungarian jewish um like society or or community uh, like squeezed into this hundred years of every single edition of the the newspaper you how, can how often it was a weekly when it was first published, it was daily even. 
Oh, wow. When it was first published in, uh, in Israel. So first it was founded uh, 100 years ago in Kolozhvar, Cluj, which is in Romania, in Transylvania. And uh, although it's, it's a part of Romania, uh, truth to be told, most of the people, especially back then, were Hungarian speakers. It's, um, it's a little bit like one of those many situations like many countries have that... Uh, it doesn't matter that they all speak Hungarian. Uh, on paper, they are uh, Romanians. Yeah. And um, so they started to publish this um, kind of like Zionist um, Hungarian language newspaper. And then after the foundation what of Israel... What does the name mean? Ui Kelet. Uh, it, uh, it, it, it means um, New East. Mm. New East, yeah. Okay, interesting. So... Uh, it, yeah, so sorry, you were saying in Israel? Yeah, so in, in Israel they were just uh, turning it into a daily uh, paper and it was running very well because uh, as, as weird it sounds, uh, back then there were so many Hungarian-speaking uh, people in, in Israel. When? Like in the, fourth, in the end of the 40s, beginning of the 50s. It's um, because we know uh, how many people were... Uh, fleeing uh, from Budapest uh, when the Second World War started, uh, and also not just from Hungary, but also the Hungarian-speaking people from Romania and from other territories around Hungary, many of them came to to Israel. So up until now, whenever I'm telling to somebody that I'm Hungarian, really I'm not I'm not even exaggerating. Every third person is telling me, uh, "Oh my my grandmother, or my grandfather was Hungarian, my aunt was Hungarian." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big culture here. Yeah. But how how did you one come to know about this paper and then why was it like what what, did you what happened in your head where you were like, "I'm going to I'm going to revive this thing." Everybody uh, knew 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 about the paper really. Like people who who are Hungarian and have a connection to Judaism uh, or travel to Israel um, and they've been here for for a little while and they get to know the Hungarian speaking community here, they would know about the paper really okay. because it's uh, it has a reputation and uh, even throughout those years when uh, when it wasn't exactly uh, going well uh, people knew knew about it and they were contributing in it uh, people were just like sending uh, there was a there was a stage of it where it was really almost like a college uh, uh, paper like some of our editors are telling us who used to work for the paper back then that uh, um, the chief editor uh, it was like the new era when the internet appeared and uh, he was just like um, copy-pasting the uh, news and uh, that's what was uh, printed. And like eventually it had to come to a place where um, um, somebody had to come into the picture who asks a question like, who are we making this paper for, I think. And there wasn't anything wrong with the people who used to do it. The the only question uh, is like... uh, when we try to take care of something that has uh, such a huge reputation, uh, how do we revive it in a way that uh, it can keep something from the identity what it uh, has and people are used to it and that's why people love it and to turn it into something completely new that people who do Aliyah, for example, from Hungary, they would uh, want to buy the newspaper because they know there is something in it for them people who are considering uh, moving to Israel or coming to Israel and they live in Hungary, they would want to order it to Hungary because they would know that there is so much information in it. And uh, 
And that was my goal. That's how I uh, met the owner of the back then owner of the paper. Uh, he was um, a very nice, uh, originally uh, Israeli, Moroccan Israeli guy uh, who had no connection to Hungary. Really, he, for him, it was a business. He owned a few um, newspapers, which uh, some of them were Romanian, some of them, I think, Russian and inside this package sounds that was like the someone in the mob yeah. it sounds like oh. an awful business venture yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah he, it wasn't going well for him that's why laundering he, uh, business maybe yeah. well i think he really tr he tried that at, he, at first he thought that it's all going to probably go on all these newspapers but really people didn't buy the wikilet and at one point he said he's not doing it anymore so he's like and i'm gonna I, close it yeah he was about to close the whole thing and then i even, I, my Hebrew was even worse back then than now. And I approached him. I uh, asked for the details uh, of him from uh, the back then editor-in-chief, Sylvia. She was very nice. She also wanted the paper to go on. And I met uh, George, the owner. And it was like, you can imagine how without Hebrew, like <laughs> any Hebrew, I can propose that I would want to continue the newspaper uh, it was about an hour and a half meeting. We were drawing. We were doing like, you know. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't speak English and you don't speak Hebrew. No, he doesn't speak and English. you don't speak Moroccan either. Uh, I, I, th I think he spoke some French. We were actually speaking like a combination of French, Hebrew, English. Sometimes I try to sneak in some Hungarian. Who, who knew? Maybe he learned a little <laughs> from the So you guys were speaking Hungarian, English, French about a Romanian-Hungarian Yiddish newspaper. Yeah. It really was Israel. like a charade. Yeah, but uh, he gave me the chance, and my proposal. I, I read. Really, I hope he got it, but. Uh, Whatever, by now we are here, so everything worked out well. But I proposed that I would continue it without receiving any money uh, and asking any money from him. I just want a complete um, like uh, change of design and... Uh, Full autonomy. Yes, exactly. And I also wanted, of course, to keep many of the old writers because we had we have writers who are writing for us for... 40 years so we I, re, I couldn't imagine saying like okay from now on we are like hip and cool and uh, these people don't have a place obviously we kept them and in the same time what was extremely important for me I uh, gathered around me um, an editorial team uh, and um, I knew that because I'm doing so many things, we, we didn't speak about this, uh, but uh, it's as, as weird it sounds after speaking about all this such a long time that my main thing is the vegan chef thing. And uh, I have a very busy business uh, around this, uh, apart from all the writing and TV and everything. And I knew that I need a team around me who can manage the newspaper without me being all the time 100% present. So I found uh, Eva Vadas, who became the chief editor, and uh, I found uh, Shara Shalamon, who is my trusted photographer, and I worked with her on my food photography, and she became as well uh, the uh, art director of the, the paper. And uh, we have uh, lots of editors. We have Anna and Istvan, and we have an incredible uh, graphic designer, Yuli, who is like, we, all these people, some of the people are in different countries, and our editorial is happening on Messenger, on Facebook Messenger. But, but <laughs> your goal was to make it a young, cool, hipster newspaper? Not really to make it a... Um, 
only young and cool. I wanted it to be a little bit more hipstery, I can say that. <laughs> uh, because uh, just because I felt like um, um, we cannot go glam like you know we it can be our direction i didn't try to like speak to the non-existing like rich hungarian community living on sarona or something like this i wanted it to be like down to earth but still cool and uh, and yes uh, our first issue what um, what we published uh, as the new ownership it was uh, actually about zionism every single every single issue we put out there is a separate topic for it mm, cool So I, wait, I have to ask one more little question because yeah. in the Haaretz article it said that you bought the newspaper. Yes. And what you're described now is a deal without actual buying the newspaper. Yes. So I'm confused. Yes, because um, we had... Um, I can't describe it other than a miracle. Um, after a few months of uh, running the paper, uh, we had um, about every month we had a meeting with uh, George, the owner, Um, and um, one time we had our monthly meeting and we sat down with him and before we would even open our mouth he said uh, I really love what you did to the paper uh, I'm, I don't feel like um, handling this project anymore I think it's safe uh, with you guys and um, we made um, a very 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 fair and uh, very um, like heartwarming deal with him Is it secret, the number? <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I wouldn't say it, uh, not because it's so much or so little or whatever, just because um, I don't feel like I have the authority to uh, to give it out. But uh, this is how we became the owners with, with Shara, with my friend and photographer. And eventually uh, we brought in Eva in the picture, who is the chief editor now. And... Um, And we are like an incredible, uh, really, triangle because like as much as I am the, the person who uh, did this, without them, this would never, ever, ever happen. Like Shara is the visual mind behind all of this and, uh, and uh, Eva is incredibly well connected with all these Jewish communities. And uh, one of the things that the Haaretz article also mentioned about uh, us that uh, we got a, a fund, a support from the Hungarian government. Which might sound even surprising because uh, today they say how anti-Semitic it is, etc., yeah. etc. Et so yeah, yeah. But in the same time, you know, this is uh, we, we we got um, uh, not not just the support, but also uh, we get constant attention from the uh, embassy here, and we have a really good relationship with them. And uh, I think I really believe in it that it is it's because um, we are not trying to be uh, like a mouthpiece of anyone uh, it's very important like it's not a secret that we got a, a fund from the government but I really don't like it when people think that uh, if any government is supporting a publication that means that the, the publication is compromised not necessarily at all for us every single political um, uh, topic is raised up in a way that uh, somebody is writing uh, from a really sort of nationalist uh, point of view and really sort of conservative um, approach. And then on the same page or on the other page right next to it, we have somebody who is uh, coming from on the same subject, but from um, 
and I wouldn't even say the the word leftist because I don't even know anymore what these things mean. Like it's so confusing, really. <laughs> From the opposite yeah. point of view, is it a continuous fund or is it like a one-time grant that the government gave? It's a one-time uh, yeah. grant. So I think that that's less problematic. I think the the main concern is when a government is continuously funding something, mm -hmm. then then you're worried that okay, people are going to write things in a certain way because they're worried of that fund getting cut. Uh -huh. If they give you the money, now you can write yeah. whatever you want. It's like they can't take it back. <laughs> well, first of all, I have to say that unfortunately it's not a that much that we would have to like say oh my god if you are not getting yeah. it next year the, the truth is everybody are volunteers we are all volunteers uh, nobody it's not really a business yeah anymore. no it's not a business uh, we are extremely happy and proud of it that we sell enough of the newspaper that we don't have to pay for the printing we always have enough money and we always have to of course uh, pay for the layout design so we do have expenses all the time but uh, we are not... Um, but everybody's working yes, as a on a volunteer of basis. Course. And, and we don't have an office and we don't have uh, um, like f special phones and laptops for our jobs and all this. In Tel Aviv, you don't need an office. You have cafes. Exactly. exactly. Nowhere <laughs> in the world, actually, I think, anymore. We need it's an office. Offices. So is there an online version? Is there a website? Yes, we do have a website. Uh, it's uikalet.com. And uh, it's not as... Um, uh, complex yet as uh, we want it to be. We wanted to have an online presence, so we made it happen, and uh, we do uh, upload uh, some articles, but there is a Hungarian language uh, page uh, which is uh, really popular. It's called uh, Israel Info, and it's in Hungarian, and it's uh, every day it's uh, being uh, updated. updated. It, they have incredible writers and editors, and we are very closely working together with them. I can say that they are our uh, media partners, basically, on the internet. And so uh, they have an Uikelet column, and uh, we upload cool. the articles there as well. So uh, we don't have much time left, but what happened? Uh, let's finish your love story. Mm. What happened <laughs> in your life? <laughs> Romantic yeah. aspect. Well, after living on the boat for a while uh, and being single, uh, happily single, and really I was thinking that, okay, like, I, I really didn't plan to have a relationship. Um, I um, went on a few dates like singles do, and uh, eventually I found myself on a, on a date which was a million times more interesting than the ones before, and... Uh, that was uh, Nimi, my husband. <laughs> Since then, we got married. And uh, how did you meet? We met. It's a very romantic story. We met on Grinder. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Grinder for those who don't know, it's like Tinder. Exactly. For gay people. Yeah, and I wasn't on on, on Grinder to uh, look for love. Uh, no, I, nobody I, is. Yeah, most of the people are not. <laughs> but it really shows how. how um, Things can happen, how yeah. unexpectedly things can happen. I was working with the TLB Fest, which is the gay and lesbian LGBTQ festival of the city. And I was at the screening and because it was not my usual neighborhood, so I checked who are the guys online because I live in Jaffa. So when I'm in the city, I was curious, like, okay, what's in here? <laughs> And uh, and Nimi found me, Nimrod Dagan. He's, uh, by the way, actor of Habima Theater, very talented one. Uh, and um, he wrote me, and I saw his picture, and I, I immediately, without even thinking, I wrote, 
uh, wow, you're so adorable. And then I was like, wow, you should play hard to get, man. I know, like that's so not a grinder conversation. Yeah. Like usually on grinder, people are like, hey, what are you into? Like <laughs> <laughs> looking for now? Like you know, that's that's the conversation. Let's meet in an hour. <laughs> yeah, sort of. But instead of meeting in, uh, in an hour, we talked through the whole night, and then the next day we've met, and ever since then we are together but That's then uh, two and a half years there was a, a crisis uh, not in the relationship what but with your your relationship with the state yeah uh, when was it like a year two years ago something well like I, that. D- I did have a few to be honest okay. like uh, I, I had um, it's it's really I, uh, it's very difficult for me to speak about it because I love to live here and uh, I appreciate so many things that uh, Israel did for me and um, for the person who it shaped me into but at the same in the same time I can get so upset over the bureaucratic issues like um, because of uh, my um, ex relationship ending uh, and uh, because of Nimi and I we didn't file for uh, immediate like partnership visa when we've met because it's like not the way relationships work, obviously. Yeah. So uh, I suddenly one day found out that um, my uh, ID card is going to be taken away from me and my um, health insurance was discontinued. And uh, Although your grandparents are Jewish and according to the law, in theory, you should have been citizen. Well, that's true. Citizen. That's true. But to be fair, uh, I would have to um, go after this and like really provide all the papers that are requested and everything. But re- since I had my working visa, I have a company here. Uh, I uh, work here for many years. <clears throat> it was still very, very um, shocking for me that uh, when they took my Todat uh, Zeut and... Uh, um, Basically, after, after how long was it? Why uh, you were here? I think for... it was maybe after about five years or. And six your working years. visa was up, or was I it... had to request a new working. First of all, they they told me that uh, there is a big chance that we are going to have uh, uh, two weeks to. I am going to have two weeks to leave the country. Wow! And but by then I was already together with Nimi. So uh, actually, uh, he was the one who um, wrote a Facebook post about it. Which and, went uh, viral. It completely went viral, and uh, all the newspapers. And what did all he the, say in the post? He said that it's um, <coughs> very uh, frustrating that uh, somebody who is uh, here in this country for. I'm, I'm just saying it because it's Nimi's words. If it was me, it would sound weird. But he wrote that uh, uh, somebody who who is writing so much. Uh, about this country as like the most accepting and welcoming place in the world and like really I'm I'm writing for Time Out for seven years I'm uh, now I'm writing for EasyJet uh, the in-flight magazine and everywhere and I'm writing about you're a star in Budapest and you, <laughs> you talk there yeah, about us and yeah like I, I meet Hungarians there. all the time who tell me like oh we went through all your tips uh, about where to go in Tel Aviv and uh and obviously the the play, the things don't connect like it doesn't matter that the ministry of tourism invite is inviting me for uh, trips and they take me to the knesset and uh, all these things another ministry is um, finding something else and they don't connect the dots and you know you're just like a file and you're out and um, he wrote all this and he also wrote that um, he's thinking of um, quitting the theater and uh, if he if i have to leave so he will leave as well 
and um, lots of uh, newspapers and um, uh, TV, t- TV stations called us and uh, uh, eventually we got um, support from um, a group of uh, lawyers uh, they found our case uh, very challenging and exciting uh, well uh, we we made um, <laughs> a good deal with them yeah and uh, and they gave us like really the best treatment I can wow. imagine uh, and um, it was just like understanding that it's so bad to say it but like you know I don't want other people to go through this and not everybody has the possibility to uh, like really I can put my frustration on Instagram uh, for my and then my followers react on it and so it generates something but there are people who don't have these possibilities and it's it's up until now it's still sad for me to think about it and although I have my working visa which I'm really grateful for and um, I'm happily taking all my taxes paying paying all my taxes and uh, it's it's really like just every single year we go to the immigration office we have uh, this interview and once again i i would have to be um seven years uh, from the moment we register together as a couple until it would even like come up as a option for me to become a citizen but if you were a woman marrying yeah. me uh and you were like in whatever ukrainian or hungarian woman and she would marry him she would need to wait for seven years as well no obviously no no what's the what's the procedure in that case then immediately immediately uh, she gets citizenship yeah, because she married an paperwork, israeli paperwork but yeah of course then. so basically yes. if you're not same a hetero, sex yeah if same sex marriages you wait seven years yeah are you registered as married as a, it's not really marriage in israel there is no uh a marriage for for um not even for civil uh, marriage there is like the, the religious uh, marriage we are basically in registered partnership but if we would fly to a country where uh, people who are um not citizens of that specific country and gay can get married which are not not very uh, common like even the most accepting countries where people can get married like gay people can get married uh, still one of the people have to be local and um, so if we would fly to Las Vegas and we would get married there and we would come back it could shorten the the time uh-huh. but it would cut in the half hour process right now and uh, nobody can say that mm-hmm. it's better to wait out the pro- process what we have now or to go and get married and then start that process that is so again. fucked up yeah Well, that's why I'm saying really like I'm, uh, I love living here and I do consider myself like um, a part of this society, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not even waiting for it anymore to, to become a citizen. I really think that I'm a citizen of the world and I happen to be here now and it's so, sort of a... So I just want to understand when you, these seven years, basically the rights of being in a partnership, meaning all the benefits and mm-hmm. things, that kicks in after seven years. That's what that's the difference yes i, I i'm I'm not like uh, I'm paying uh, higher insurance I'm paying higher taxes and yeah. uh, and I uh, exist basically only through my partner's uh, ID number um, and I don't it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's ridiculous. I know but um, you know i I think that um, 
I, I just really want to uh, close this subject in a positive note that I know that things don't happen from one day to another. And, uh, and the, the same way as Tel Aviv wasn't always the most gay-friendly city and the same way as uh, people in Europe at first, like maybe they are they have difficulty to cope with it, that uh, new cultures are entering into their countries and the same way as like we just moved to a new neighborhood and it's weird at first, like things need adjustment. And uh, I believe in it that uh, if we uh, stand together uh, and um, we challenge the system not in a way which is like a violent, aggressive way, but because of the demand. So what is offered is going to change and uh, now we're going to have an easier time. Recently seeing uh, the first kind of openly gay um, Knesset members. Mm, so that yeah. hopefully will change things. Yeah, from exactly. the right wing uh, part and from the left wing part. Yeah, yeah and the, hopefully the people who are uh, in um, any of the parties are going to go for voting when uh, there are questions about uh, gay rights, because it happened before that uh, there were serious questions put on the table, uh, voting in the Knesset, and uh, people from the right wing who were openly gay just didn't go voting because it would be uncomfortable for them uh, to vote with no for their own uh, community. And... um, it's true that it's a very, very gay-friendly uh, society in the everyday matter, uh, but uh, regarding the rights and the laws, there is a long, long way to yeah. go. Children cannot be uh, adopted by gay couples, uh, mm-hmm. that both of them are uh, legally parents. Surrogacy is basically, as as much as it's a miracle that, that it's even a possibility, and I truly appreciate it, but still it's a, it's a really big business right now because uh, it's $150,000 to, and morally to have a child in uh, the States. And uncomfortable sometimes. Well, that's a whole subject, uh, but to some people, it's, it's debatable. There, there are, there are, there are uh, ways when it's definitely questionable, especially when, uh, you know, the, the woman is um, not taking part in it in a way that she's truly appreciated. But in the States, uh, really, the, the system is working in a way, that's why it costs so much money, because really everybody is getting a very fine share from it, mm-hmm. and everything is screened like a million ways. But still, for me and for us, with Nimi personally, we, um, we would love to adopt. We think that there are too many children without uh, parents, and uh, especially here in the, in the Middle East, um, like really all we hear in the in the news is uh, how overpopulated the world is uh, becoming and uh, and how people are just trying to go anywhere to find a better life and uh, it's it's really um for me it would mean that the world is starting to become a better place if uh, people would understand how important it is that uh, adoption would be open for uh, yeah. lgbtq people i think the problem is that this the society here is still meaning uh, the government can change all all it wants and tel aviv can be as open as, but you have conservative people at home people who no it's not just conservative people it's I think it, it just all across the country, not people aren't really open to the idea mm. of same-sex uh, relationships. Well, they need to try and then they can <laughs> give an opinion about it. They should definitely meet people who are who are in same-sex relationship yeah. because 
really I, I see it so many times. We we are Nimi and I are I think um very, very open about who we are. It's it doesn't mean that we are uh, going around like uh waving a rainbow flag uh, wherever we want. We obviously like try to be uh, sensitive but uh, if anybody sees us together and in a first conversation after one minute somebody asks us who you are to each other we always say that we are together no matter if it's uh, um, it's in if it's in Istanbul or if it's uh, in uh, Hungary or if it's in uh, Poland it could be anywhere uh, we are going to be ourselves because really that is the only way for these conservative people who we spoke or closed-minded people i wouldn't even say conservative because people can be conservative and open-minded in the same time but uh, people need to see us have a conversation with us understand that we are you know same people working for making a living having dreams wanting to be in love and uh, then they would say you know the first sentence is always like uh, uh, I don't like gays, but I had this conversation with this guy and he seems nice. <laughs> and that's yeah. like with everything, you know. I, this is how I, I... That's a huge step. And yeah. uh, if people not like Hungarians, that, but... Not to be pessimistic, but yeah. that's not enough for some people, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Some people are... It's like unbreakable. And it's... I, I've seen it. We'll talk a bit about it after, but... But it's it's just sad how mm. it, you know even in the face of meeting and it, but there's I mean, hope there's hope in fifty years time it will be completely different yeah I think. I yeah agree. it's just a matter of I, shedding the I mean I don't want to say <laughs> awful things like that but anyway the old people gotta die and yeah, they there, was be a, there was there was there was a I think it was a politician or something that said that in America it was an awful quote so I'm not gonna be quoted saying that mm. nobody needs to die but. It's uh it's a matter of time. Yeah. Uh we got to go. Before we go, f- several things. First of all, guys, we brought an actual model here. So if you want <laughs> to actually see him and not only hear his voice, you should you should definitely go to our uh Facebook um <laughs> page because we now post these podcasts oh, as wow. videos. Plus, and you can see our faces. Yeah, well... They're not too bad. <laughs> they're not too bad. Well, it's also very nice that you're considering me a model, but that also means, like, you know, I was doing some modeling job, but don't uh, think I'm, like, Bar Raffaele in Hungary or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you're Gal Gadot uh, in Hungary. Um, so, so that's you, one thing. You're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, yeah. you're... Yes, mo- uh, mostly Instagram. Yeah. It's White City Boy. Uh, nice. I started off this uh, blog seven years ago when uh, I realized that there is so much creativity and like exciting culture going on in, in Tel Aviv. And since then, it turned into sort of a traveling uh, lifestyle blog. And um, apart from the Instagram, uh, all my cooking can be found on Christoph's Kitchen on Facebook. And what about if uh, someone in the Jewish community in America, they want you do workshops, yes, right? So if exactly. they want to invite you to do workshops about uh, vegan cooking. Yeah, I'm traveling a lot. Uh, actually with Nimi, we are, he's my uh, sous chef and uh, we do workshops, we do cooking classes and we do pop-up dinners. Uh, we collaborate with restaurants and um, it's usually like a pre-registration dinner for about 30 people with five uh, dishes, which we create especially for that occasion. Sometimes we do catering and sometimes we do, we just um, 
about um, f- few months ago we had a cooking class in Westminster Synagogue in London a Shabbat cooking wow. class that's awesome so yeah we are always very open to travel and uh, cook and uh, I really believe in it that if anything can change this madness including all the bureaucracy and all the wars and everything what we spoke about it's um, it's eating together I really food. believe in it that food is bringing sex, the people yeah. together in a way nothing else does. I'm 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 all for the food part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for the food part. I think uh, there's nothing better than than food bringing yeah. us together. Okay, so before we go, uh, we have a collaboration with the Jewish Journal. Yes, we do. JewishJournal.com, guys, check them out. They have great columns, great articles, podcasts, um, podcasts. We're part Rosner's of the domain. network. Yeah, there's Rosner's domain. There's uh, David Suisse's show. Exactly. So check out JewishJournal.com. And we accept donations. Go to 2NJB.com slash donate. We had a little problem there, a technical issue, but now it's solved. So you can, but don't uh, give Don't us... give us schmeckles. <laughs> give us shekels. Only shekels, or none dollars, of your schmeckles. Or dollars or euros because schmeckles uh, offended some of the listeners. We used to say, give throw some schmeckles at us. And it turns out in Yiddish, it means dicks. Penis. Really? Uh... You should know this. Well, it, of the it wasn't ever written in the week, I'm afraid. <laughs> okay. uh, so, so, yeah, don't give us your schmackles. We have nowhere to put them. We apologize for using the word schmackles. Please forgive us. Do not apologize for using the word ever. <laughs> um, and that is it. Thank yes, you so it much. It was Thank you so much for having me. Thank I loved you. it. So I can't awesome. believe it. It, was like, it felt like five minutes. <laughs> Good luck with Thank everything, you. man. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, bye everyone.